Welcome to Harmony Talk, a podcast about dreamers and doers. We chat with artists, musicians, inventors, entrepreneurs, social activists who use their innate talents to affect change in the world, everything from dance to making coffee. This podcast is brought to you by A.M. Skyer, a third-generation family insurance business started in 1920. And I'm your host, Lisa Shampo. Today, we have two very special guests, Henry Skyer and Jill Carletti, the forces behind Harmony Presents, which spawned the beautiful outdoor performance venue, Harmony in the Woods, in Hawley, Pennsylvania. And for those of you who might not know where Hawley is, it's a lovely little town nestled in the Poconos. So you can imagine the Poconos in summer and how beautiful indeed Harmony in the Woods must be. Welcome, Henry and Jill. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Harmony in the Woods today is in its second year, and by all accounts, it's very successful. You've had about 32 shows under your belt. You can seat 150, and I know you've been sold out a couple of times. Again, success, but you had very humble beginnings on the first floor of an old silk mill in Hawley. Could you tell us about that? You're both nodding, so Henry, perhaps you can start. I think the most important part of Harmony is my own background, which is that when I was a young student, my music teacher told me one day that she thought I had a really nice voice and that I should continue to improve my voice and take more seriously lessons and ways to become a singer. Took her very seriously and I went to camp, Tumber Camp, at a place called Camp Witherwind. There was a tryout for a play. The play was Oklahoma and the part that I was trying out for was Curly. And Curly was the lead, and I wanted that position. I think I was about seven years old at the time, and the person who was auditioning called on me to to sing, and I got into it. But I got into it more than I thought I would. I started thinking about using Curly in the country slanging ways that he was presenting himself, and I gave it everything I had. I remember shaking with excitement about it, and I didn't get the part. That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> My music teacher had to deal with, I just don't have it. I've used that as an inspiration because I never again tried out for any play or anything that involved singing or dancing or body movements. Instead, I concentrated on <laughs> playing and being hard and smart at playing basketball and baseball. And I envied those who had skills that I didn't. And I think for quite a while, that inspired me to listen to music and to listen to different types of music. A friend and a a mentor of mine introduced me to opera. I became fascinated by the opera, loved Broadway shows. But I think most of all, I just love listening to music. Johnny Mathis was a major person in my my life. I love Chances Are, and I love listening. And I had this longing for helping other people who could sing. Anytime I heard someone with a voice, I wanted to be helpful. But it wasn't until I met Jill, and that was about 15 years ago, I think. I met Jill, and right away, Jill and I started to talk about our backgrounds and our interests. And it's a good time for Jill to react to what happened. I would like to say something here just for a minute. Again, we have listeners who may not really know you, but you are a bit of an unlikely pair. I mean, Henry, you're a businessman, your grandfather, you're a law school graduate, a U.S. Army veteran. Jill, you're a young mother, a painter, a visual artist with, of course, experience in music as well. So don't just say you just met her. I mean, somehow you clicked over this mutual passion. I think now is an appropriate time for me to chime in. You know, Henry starts off with talking about his childhood, and I'm going to talk about my childhood too, because I do think it's very interesting how our paths uh, lined up when we were both children at very different times on the time 
continuum. But as a child, I always loved all of the performing arts and the visual arts and had a really hard time sticking with one thing. I didn't want to stick with one thing. I wanted to do it all somehow. And I also remember thinking to myself, walking my dog in Holly and thinking, you know, I'm going to move to California. I'm going to move to Colorado. I'm going to get out of here unless I can do something that will affect change in my hometown. Enter Henry. Yeah. Yeah. A few years really after college and I came back from teaching in South Korea and I came back home and was sorting out my next steps. And that's exactly in came Henry. That's when around the time that we met and Henry was trying to do something fitting in the silk mill, which was being renovated at the time. Yep. That's when he asked me and because our mutual colleague and friend, Jeannie Genslinger, actually apparently introduced me to you, Henry. And that's when Henry asked me to come up with some ideas on how we could make this space an artistic theater, performing arts space. Well, I think since your days in the silk mill, where you moved, I think, from one floor to the boiler room, again, not a large audience capacity. Oh, yes. No, we, the original location had a capacity of about 40 people. So at that time, we just started doing things like open mic nights, featuring local performers, and having a poetry evening, that sort of thing. And then the boiler room of the Holly Silk Mill became renovated and was opened up to us as a spot that we could continue our goals and dreams and efforts. And that room is, is a beautiful room, number one. It's perfect for small performances. And we then kind of restarted there. And there was a larger, you know, larger space. We could squeeze in 90 people. I assume you started booking bigger talent at that time as well, more outside talent. Yep, started booking bigger talent. I was excited about a group that we had called Barnaby Bright in our early days, and they're still making waves. Billy Strings was indeed one of the performers that we had early on. And he went on to win the Bluegrass Album of the Year at the Grammys last year. Yes, and his minimum fee is a lot, a lot. He's <laughs> <laughs> big doings. Well, you seem to have a talent for finding, for sort of scouring and curating the talent that's out there. Somebody asked me recently, how, how do you select performers? And we have kind of certain marks we want to hit. And I try to do that. But I would spend a lot of time scouring YouTube, going to events, listening, looking at their social media and their photos and watching tons of videos and trying to get a sense of if they would delight others here. What are the marks? I'm just curious. What are the marks that you'd like to hit? Well, first off, I like to see that they have a unique sound, that they have really great videos and photos, and that they just have a little special something. And I also know that there are certain performers that would probably be more enticing to the local audience here than others. I look for that they're active, that they're pushing it, that they're pushing their own envelopes. I look for that they're touring regularly and that this is their career, that this is what they do. And that they'll stop in Hawley, Pennsylvania, which is also the next big question that you have to bring to them. And you certainly can be persuasive. I'm just curious, have you had a difficult time sometimes getting the, the acts that you wanted? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And 
there's still a few acts I haven't been able to book them yet, but then there are again plenty of acts that maybe it took a you know a few or more or a dozen times to say please and to hope that the stars might align and and look at their own tour schedules and see oh look they're playing in new york here and they're playing in connecticut you know then maybe i can be convincing now that they can come to holly and sometimes that would work and i say this a lot with the stars need to align and that it's just a little bit lucky sometimes how did you come up with the name harmony you ask excellent questions, Lisa. Thank you, Henry. One of the things that I believe affected me first to be frustrated and then come out of frustration was my dad always said that I had a vivid imagination. I think that was a positive. I don't think he was telling <laughs> me a, a something to correct me. I think it was more that I, I had an imagination. And as I grew a little older, I think some of the things that I imagined, I was in a position to actually do them for the most part, because I was willing to take chances and to bear the responsibility of making sure that dreams that I had could come true. So after the Boiler Room, which was a wonderful learning experience for Jill, and our audiences there grew and they had expectations that were significantly better than what they were when we were in a little glass area on the first floor of the Holly Silk Mill, I got in my Wrangler one day and I went into the woods on property that our family owns. And I turned off the, the motor and I put the windows down, I turned off the radio, and I sat and it was amazing what I was listening to because it was nothing. I could hear a bird. I could hear the leaves rustle. And I got out of my car and, and it was just a wilderness of trees and ferns and beautiful, natural woods. And I got back in my car and, and I thought, if we're going to continue harmony, which was harmony, it was harmony in the boiler room, we're going to continue it in the woods. And so I put together a really strong group of people. And the reason I thought of the name Harmony was because I belong to a club in New York City, which is a large, old club, and it's called H-A-R-M-O-N-I-E. And I thought in the country where we live, where I live, nobody would know H-A-R-M-O-N-I-E. And I thought that's what I would do. But instead, I realized I am not going to do that. Instead, the word Harmony really attracted me, uh, partly because it's really for the community that we bring Harmony without prejudice, without uh, recognizing that we're different. Every member of our audience has different thoughts, different interests, different likes, different points of view. But when it comes to music and performance and dance and the arts and sitting in the middle of the forest, everybody's in the same place. Your ears respond to the same kinds of things in similar ways, and they're unique to you, but they're not because of any particular point of view. And I got excited about it, and then I brought a world-class architect, Peter Boland, who was famous for, among other things, uh, creating the original Apple stores, and he was my friend. I brought some very good people involving the construction at Seder, his project manager, and for two years, were it not for COVID, I think we would have opened a year earlier, but we opened last year, season number one. And with the exception of the opening night, which turned out to be a major success, thank goodness, but a few of the administrative areas uh, needed some help. We had a blowout great first season. And we worked every single week after that season ended. Every Wednesday we meet and we talk about, okay, not how to make it better, 
but to how to build this so that it lasts forever and that it does good in the community and that the people who come there want to tell others. And we want a good audience, but we're more concerned about the quality of the performance and that people feel that this is something special and they'll tell others. That's what we are achieving now in the second season. So we have to have Jill at her best. Jill has to find talent and we have to find our way to present them in the most beautiful setting that we can build, which is small. 150 people are a sellout. We're sold out this weekend, one of our performances, because it's so exciting to people. The audience changes every time, which is great. And so one tells another, they come from far. Mostly they come from the area of second homes and people who've made their second homes, some of them their primary home. And then they come to us and say, I hope you continue to keep it just the way it is because we love that this is so different, so special. So when you come to see the, the music or the performances, you're faced with the woods and the trees sway in those woods, but they sway mostly because the trees are so tall. And it's as if the birds and the music are changing the leaves from left to right. And I often look up and I see that happening and I thank you, Jill, for making the music so consistent with the movement of the trees. But thank you to us and those of us who've helped to put this together. Well, when you work together, how would you describe it? Well, when I first started working with Henry, I remember being a little bit like, what am I supposed to really do here? <laughs> I would be a little bit overwhelmed by, we did have such big ideas and it seemed like just so big, I didn't know how to put it into a framework. But little by little, we did start to apply some procedures and apply some practical things about it. And sometimes, again, Henry would maybe have like these really big ideas. And then I'm thinking about, you know, particulars and details. And I do think I'm also a big idea person, but I can also get stuck in the weeds of it. And Henry has a way of often pulling me out when I get stuck in the weeds. And I find that I've learned it's helped me push my own boundaries and helped me grow. And I just think the whole thing is interesting of how we came together and how our childhood started off both in with a curiosity and love and enjoyment of the arts. Mine led a little bit down a, a different path than me actually feeling success as a eight-year-old and getting up the part. <laughs> but when I would walk down the, the sidewalks in my hometown and see the building of AM Sky, I don't think I, if somebody told me, you know, you would be working with the uh, gentleman that runs this business, I don't think I would have believed them. And I think that we work very well together. We have a really good way of, I think, communicating at the core of it, a, a friendship, even when things are disorienting or we don't know what the heck is going on next. We ultimately love what we're doing and we love each other and we care very much about the future of this organization. And I think it's like, a, it's like an artwork we're building together. I think the stars did align when you two met. Yes, the stars definitely aligned and I feel so like this was something that was meant to be. That this was just going to be. It was something that was going to unfold and, it, and the universe wanted it. Henry, certainly you seem to have gotten out of it so far what you were hoping to. Well, I think partnership and building teams started to become natural for me when I couldn't perform. I knew that I could. Thank goodness I was able to play basketball and baseball well enough that that got 
everybody's attention. So I, I enjoyed playing in front of a lot of girls. <laughs> that made me happy. I enjoyed playing well and doing what I did well. But I felt that it was not, a, I really did from the very beginning. I knew that it was teamwork and it was the reason for, for success is that you find other people and that they help to make you successful. They inspire you. They don't let you fail. And to the extent that that's part of my life, I think it, it has influenced other people to have dreams and to not be afraid of them. And it's not because I'm so good at it. It's because they get an opportunity. And Jill has taken advantage of a great opportunity. And look what she's done with it. I mean, we have something that people will want to come to and explore and then want to come back. And the best part of it all is that I look forward to that time where I'll be sitting in the audience and then I'll be applauding and I'll be looking at the trees and how they sway and not worrying about whether Jill is happy today <laughs> because she's a happy person who needs to have encouragement, but she'll be beyond that. Her team of people who will be supportive like I am. And I look forward to that day. Jill's saying the same thing, by the way, worried about what Henry's thinking. Is he happy? <laughs> yes, I am. Mm -hmm. I do. We're mentioning a word recently that I, a Jewish word. What was that well, word? When, when things happen because all of a sudden they seem to be ready to happen, even though the odds are against it, it's called beshert, which means that it was meant to be. It sounds passive. It means that you don't have to keep working. That's not what it is. It means that sometimes you work really hard and a dream or your imagination is never fulfilled. But when things line up, and the people get into your life who know you and believe in you and give you a chance, then it's called beshert. That's a great way to describe what's happened at Harmony. It certainly is shared between Jill and me. And it really, for me, it's a dream come true. It's better than making the part of Curly. I'll give Curly up any day to have what we have today at yeah. Harmony. You also talked briefly about the audience, wanting the audience to leave just with a smile on their face. We have challenges where we are. We're outdoors. But one of the beautiful parts of the first two concerts this year, that despite sprinkles and then a downpour, no one left Everybody stayed because we found clear umbrellas and we made sure that everybody in the audience, and there are quite a few people, had an umbrella. They put up their umbrellas. The performers asked if we, they wanted us to continue playing and they said yes and they stayed. It was amazing. The downpour, that performer loved playing in the rain. In fact, I think the last thing he sang was singing in the rain. And a few of the audience members said, what's a blues without a little rain? One thing that stands out is how driven you both are and have been and adaptable in clement weather, just a handful of audience members, and you just kept plowing on. But something else adds to that, and I think it's it's volunteers. You do use a lot of volunteers, do you not? Or isn't that part of your success today? We do. And, and what we try to do in every single way that's possible is to be different so that if, if you were to come to a concert for the first time, everything looks different. So that our volunteers, we call them the orchestra, our group that really meets every week, we call them the cellos. And any other things that we do, we try to give them musical names. We, the road that you travel to come to this amazing amphitheater is called Imagination Way. The address is 19 Imagination Way. And as much as we can, we want it to be a place where people will say, that was an amazing experience for us. I don't like that kind of music necessarily, but it's live and it's outdoor and it blew me away. And I think that's our theme. And the volunteers, because of the hospitality, from the moment that you make the turn to the moment that you come to the hospitality tent and you're greeted and welcomed 
So the moment that you arrive at these beautiful tiers that are made out of bluestone and grass, and the moment that the volunteers take you carefully, safely to your seat, that's all about wonderful commitment and dedication of group of people of about 20 who come to most of the concerts and make them special. Soon we're going to be adding more seats, but they're going to be hammocks. They're going to be swings. In fact, for the next couple of concerts, if you were to come, Lisa, you might want to look for the uh, swing of your childhood. Jill will start saying she's going to bring in swing music performers. <laughs> uh, you know, just to backtrack for a second, and that, of course, is very imaginative, Henry, to have hammocks or swings. You took that comment from your father and also the fact that you did not get the part of Curly in Oklahoma into positive things. You didn't step back and say, I'm never going to listen to music again, or I'm closing down my imagination. Instead, you opened it up and it's fantastic. And today you have this beautiful venue and a wide assortment of musicians, Jill. I mean, I think El Carib Funk is a band that's coming up next. There's an opera singer, a dance company. One of the things that is definitely new this year is that we are uh, implementing some programs that we haven't really had very much of in the past, like dance. We haven't had a ton of opera in the past. We, we have done some comedy in the past, but it's been a while. It's definitely a balancing act, I think. It's the hardest thing about it, and it's all wonderful. Like I love doing it, but there's a balancing act about it. Because we are a part of our mission is to to appeal to many ages, perspectives, and interests, and that's also a challenge because oftentimes a music venue may say we do folk or we do rock or we do blues, and that's what they become known for, and that's the audience they begin to cultivate are people with those particular musical interests. We have diversified and we have, again, I like to just keep on using the descriptor of flavors of music because I just really think it's the best way to describe it and performance, not just music. And so again, the, the hardest thing is, is balancing not just all of the incredible talent out there, but balancing what we are receiving as input from our audience of what we're experiencing as the uh, cellos and, and the orchestra, that's the hardest quote unquote part, even though it's also uh, enjoyable and wonderful. I want to just chime in on uh, Henry's comment on uh, how the beginning of the name of Harmony began. I just remember Henry had a couple ideas. Harmony was a name that he definitely liked a lot. And I remember feeling really positive about that name because I've always loved harmony. A harmony has always been, is like a personal word for me. I've always enjoyed the nature of harmony, of, of having the opposite of dissonance. It's the two working together in a, in a way that complements and is serene and peaceful. I think most people would agree with you. It's a beautiful name. It's pretty much a name, a word that is what it says it is. It's harmonious. <laughs> Just to go back, you, you've carried this name all the way from the silk mill through the woods. And in 2019, you actually started a foundation, Henry, Foundation for Harmony Presents. So Harmony is now kind of a brand. Could you talk just for a second, Henry, about the other cohorts? Not this one, Harmony, <laughs> Harmony Talk, but the other ones, perhaps. That's also a good question. Thank you. 
I think harmony represents uh, more a point of view about reacting to initiatives, both local, regional, and, and national. And one of the groups, and we call each of them a cohort, one of them is a dreaming group. It's named after a friend of mine who always dreamed big and did most of the things that he dreamed. And I found him to be not just a friend, but an inspiration in my life. His name is Ben Applebaum. So we have the Ben Applebaum dreamers who look for Lisa Shampoo before Lisa knows what she wants to do with her life and give her every opportunity to become the Lisa Shampoo that you are today. We have a podcast that we produce and it's called Harmony Talk and we're doing that right now. That's something which uh, has the signature of you, Lisa, and it's absolutely amazing. We're growing. We know that we're not going to grow quickly, but we're committed to do it on a long-term basis. And then we have something that's called In My Wildest Dreams, which is really about people who never in their wildest dreams imagined that they could be what they are today. It was inspired by a man who I knew who created a significant business, a resort business. And in his wildest dreams, he never imagined that he would become what he is. So we believe in dreaming and doing, and we believe that the people who are involved with us get that opportunity. And Curly will always be played by somebody far more capable than I, <laughs> but at least I can help the next Curlies to be dreamers and doers. If I'll tell you what, Henry, if we do this again, I'm going to ask you to sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both for being with us. This podcast has been brought to you by A.M. Skyer, Henry's Business, a third-generation family insurance business started in 1920. I'm your host, Lisa Champeau. Thank you both, Henry and Jill, for being with us. Keep on going with Harmony in the Woods. Talk to you next time. <laughs>